Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Isaac. And this is your boy, Bryce. And we are Brothers on Tennis. And folks, we have come to the end of the 2021 U.S. Open. And by golly, was it a tournament (laughs) to be seen. (laughs) Bryce, man, we have talked about this tournament. We've had daily shows. We've had just long discussions with, with listeners Tell me, what are your thoughts as it relates to the closing of this year's U.S. Open? I know I said something like this in the very beginning of the tournament. You know, initially coming into the 2021 U.S. Open, there was a lot of focus on who was not going to be here. There was the focus on Federer's not here. Nadal's not here, team's not here, Venus and Serena are not here. I always say for those who cared, Sophia Kennan <laughs> was not here. Right. And even from the commentators on ESPN, this may have been one of the most memorable without all those names with all those names missing. Right. This may have been one of the most memorable. U.S. Opens ever. Exactly. Ever. Ever. I mean, mean, we're going to talk about more events this year than we normally talk about for the majors. I mean, we always kind of talk about men's singles and women's singles, and we tap into the doubles. I mean, we were having major things happen in the wheelchair. Yep. Yep. Events. Yep. You know, it was was different (laughs) level. And so – the main thing that I take away from from the 2021 U.S. Open is that the future of tennis is bright. And when I say that, I mean on both the men's tour and the women's tour and from some of these juniors we see coming up because everybody wants to know, okay, when the big three moves on, you know, who are we going to have? You know, Venus and Serena move on, who are we going to have? We've got plenty. <laughs> exactly, bro. We've got plenty. There's so much talent out there and so many just inspiring stories and things that, that you know, that we came to hear about in this U.S. Open. I, I, I thought it was a tremendous tournament, man. Tremendous. Absolutely. So let's do this. Let's give our review Yes. Of of what kind of went down. We already did our mid-fortnight show, so we're not going to take you all the way to the beginning. Right. We're just going to kind of talk about what happened in the last couple of days. And the first event, Isaac, that i like first to start off with mm-hmm. is the wheelchair men's doubles. Yes. Now, there had been so much talk coming into the U.S. Open about Djokovic going for the Grand Slam, Djokovic going for the Grand Slam. Mm-hmm. Well, you know who got the Grand Slam? <laughs> it was Alfie Hewitt and Gordon Reed. That's right. Uh, two great Brits that came through, and they won the Grand Slam this year in wheelchair men's doubles. Incredible. So, so incredible. <laughs> Speak on it, man. Right. Shout out to both of them. I mean, really kind of shame on us for not even knowing going into the U.S. Open that this is what they were riding on. Um, right. But they were able to get those wheelchair um, uh, doubles uh, grand slam. And that's huge. Uh, we know no matter what the event is in tennis, to get the grand slam in your event is, is, is the pinnacle. Well, it's almost the pinnacle. Right. Uh, the golden slam would actually be the pinnacle, which is the perfect segue. Perfect segue. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. For us talking about a couple of other, yes. um, you know, events. And so I want to start off with the, well, with the wheelchair women singles. Mm-hmm. And that DD. Uh, Deidre DeGroot. Yep, DeGroot. Yep. She got the Golden Slam. Yes, she did. Yes. In singles. In wheelchair women's singles. Yes. (laughs) Incredible that that hadn't even been mentioned 
going into all of this that you had so many people that were actually working towards a golden slam. Um, and, 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 and so it, it just, it, it was really great to see that that got a little bit of the storyline, uh, that Didi DeGroote got her, you know, got, got a little bit mm-hmm. of visibility for, uh, what she accomplished. And it, it, it's absolutely incredible. She was like, Steffi Graf, hold my gloves. This is <laughs> all about what I'm doing right now. Sister, I got you. We, right? we like we like what? <laughs> we neck to neck, right? We neck to neck, exactly. Oh, that was that was great. So <laughs> keeping it going, yep. In the wheelchair quad singles, and we, we've been talking about this guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. Dylan Alcott. I yep. mean, has a gold medal in basketball, mm-hmm. you know, in Olympus, got gold medal in tennis. We've been watching him win the slams like for the last I don't know how many years. Just just an incredible athlete. Right. He also won the Golden Slam in the uh wheelchair quad single. Right. Event. Right. And what's interesting, Bryce, is he was the one that I was familiar with. I did not know that DD Groot was actually working on working towards the Golden Slam on the women's quad side, uh wheelchair uh quad side of the draw. So I, I so I was out of the loop on that one. But yeah, we've seen Dylan, we've heard his name, hugely popular. We've really got to see how popular he was when we went down to Australia in 2017 for the Australian mm-hmm. Open. I mean, Dylan was all over the the TV commercials everywhere. Um uh, his his star is bright and 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 rightfully so. And he proved that he is continuing to put in work and get results. Hey, shout out to him. Now, did I, I may be wrong when I say this, so folks don't crucify me if I'm wrong, but didn't he say he was going to kind of retire after this if he got the Golden Slam? I believe that's what he mentioned, that, yeah, he was like, you know, I'm I'm about to do, you know, kind of your uh, more spectacular Pete Sampras and just be like, I'm out. I'm going out on the Grand right. Slam. Bye. Golden Slam. Golden Slam, exactly. Yes. Yep. yep. Yes. So once again, you know, the talk was all about Djokovic right. and his slam opportunities coming in. And we had all these other, we had these slams happening left and right the last couple of days. It was like, you get a slam, you get a slam. You get a slam. Come here, boy, you get a slam. You know, everybody was getting a slam there everybody. at the end. And yes. so it was really, really uh, good to see. And it was good yes. to see that footage they showed of, of Dylan Yes. With with his trophy and he filled it with beer and chugged it. <laughs> right? I was like, Dylan, you better know how to celebrate. That's how we do it. Come on. Oh now. my God. <laughs> and speaking so of good. this is how we do it, hmm. we have got to shout out Fam. Yeah. Miss Robin Montgomery. Come on now. Come on now. Now, now let, let's just put it out there the way, way it should be put. Robin Montgomery, 17-year-old from Maryland, out from the DMV, right? Basically <laughs> kind of coming out of the same camp as Tiafo, right? Right, right. Sister came through as the number seven seed and won the junior girls title in singles. She took out the number one seed. I think when she beat the number one seed, she took out like three and two. You weren't even playing with her, right? <laughs> right. What are like, you playing with? Her? Get out of here. I think in the final she won two and four. Wasn't playing with them, right? <laughs> but, Not at all. But just to put a little extra stank on what she did, come on. She then went and won the girls' doubles title. Let's see. <laughs> now, I don't know how many times that has happened. I don't need to do my research on that, but I'm assuming right. that's fairly rare right right that you have a junior uh win both the singles and the doubles title and mm-hmm. um and, she, and 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 for our pride she's a sister left lefty got that lefty swing that the lefty swing exactly ah it's it's so great to just see see those results from from uh miss montgomery uh, yes, just, just, I mean, incredible. Yeah. She showed out. And like I said, she's been on our radar and it's really nice to see that she too decided that, you know what, it's, it's, I'm going to make this U S open mine. 
and 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 she got it done, man. It's a crazy, crazy, crazy thing. Yeah, so shout out to her. We're gonna try to get in contact with her because uh, Robin needs to talk to Brothers on Tennis. She needs to talk to us. That's for sure because we got questions. Yeah, yeah, we got questions. We, we need to understand. <laughs> so, so shout out to you, Miss Robin Montgomery. So keeping it going, we move we move yes. on to mixed doubles, right? Where we had an yes. American. I, you know, because this is kind of rare these days for us to get an American <laughs> doing something, you know, right now. So we got to really celebrate when it happens. Even though she had to team right. up with a Brit to, to make it happen, we had Desiree uh, Krajcek playing with Joe Salisbury from, from uh, Great Britain, and they they win the mixed doubles title. Incredible, Bryce. I mean... It's. It, it, I tell you what. Now you talk about somebody's stars on the rise. That's that Joe Salisbury. Joe Salisbury is like, <laughs> listen, I, I am. I am. I am about. I am putting myself out there. I am. I'm the doubles guy. So if you want to get some titles, I'm that guy. And uh, he been dragging Rajiv uh, Ram along and, <laughs> and said, "Boy, I'm gonna teach you how to be a champion." And. Uh, <laughs> And he was like, little sis, we about to do this mixed double. So you come on, let's do this. And, and man, I, I have always, I've just been a fan of, of Joe Salisbury. And he is just a great doubles player. And, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, he's all about the work, man. He gets out there and he puts in work and he gets it done. And I was very happy to see that they were able to get that mixed doubles title. That, that was awesome. Yes, that was great. And you just tied it. Uh, you know, about him dragging Rajiv Ram around. He he drug him all the way to a championship. So Salisbury got him two titles this weekend because um, he two. and Rajiv Ram uh, took out Jamie Murray and Bruno Suarez uh, in the men's doubles final. And Bryce gave him two hoe biscuits. They, right, they lost the first at 6-3. They was like, wait a minute. Y'all look real hungry over there. We saw this little pink building okay. on our way to the stadium. <laughs> Stepped in there. <laughs> they had whole biscuits for sale. We got you a couple. Here you go. <laughs> you know what I'm Here saying? You go. <laughs> now, the Man, funny, yeah. now, the funny thing about the men's doubles was we was all hyped coming in on, obviously, Mektich and Pavic because they had been clowning right. all season long. But when they lost in the first round, you know, this became open for somebody else, and Ram and Salisbury were the number four seed, so they were like, "Why not us?" Exactly, why not us? I mean, we we got the skill set; we can get it done. And now, since y'all y'all went out, hey, you know, let's 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 put in that work. And like I said, I think Joe Salisbury was like, "Look, Rajiv, I'm I'm gonna drag you on uh, on here, but we got to get this done." <laughs> and Rajiv was like, "Well, okay." And <laughs> <laughs> And, and and hey, he got they got it done, man. That was really, really a good final. I enjoyed that doubles final a lot. And and again, Rom and Salisbury just ramped up their energy, their focus. They really started hitting hitting some great shots. And I just think that uh, Jamie and, and Bruno just you know they just for whatever reason they couldn't maintain or couldn't step their level up the way that uh, Salisbury and Ram did. They couldn't, they couldn't meet them at that new level. Right. And I think that's why they took them whole biscuits. Um, it was, but still great match. And I'm, I'm just so happy for them. Right. I'm me too. Me too. So once again, he helped another American get a title. Mr. Salisbury. <laughs> once so, again. Yeah. So Drag we got pre- to appreciate that, that, that British love over there. Now, <laughs> Bouncing over to the women's doubles, you know, we was excited yes. for a minute because, you know, when Coco Golf and Katie McNally put in work over the number one seed, uh, Shea Sway and Elise Mertens, and then they kind of mm-hmm. got the little retirement from Stefani and Dabrowski, they found themselves in the finals. It was like, uh-oh, is this going to be Coco's, you know, first Grand Slam title? Right. But Zhang and uh, Sam Stosser were like, we done been around here for a few minutes. 
<laughs> we got history. We got history. We know how this works. This ain't our first time around. You know, not at all. And Sam and Sam is like, oh, and by the way, don't 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 trip on my singles, G, G, uh, Grand Slam either. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I, I, I got me a title here too exactly. over Serena. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Yeah. So, you know what? When you watch that match, the finals um, between them, you know, you just saw the difference between an experienced team. Yeah. And youth. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Unfortunately, they couldn't match, you know, that they, they was trying to fight with a team, team spirit, as I called it during the tournament. Um, right. But unfortunately, that is where experience kind of has shown its way through. And, uh, you know, they persevered in that in that third set, um, you know, a competitive match. But still, um, they just didn't uh, didn't didn't weren't able to get over the hump at the end. But hopefully by them making a Grand Slam final, that will give them continued encouragement um, to, you know, to stay on the path, to continue to grow their games and to get over the finish line because they have the talent. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, again, crossing the finish line, which they didn't get it done this time, but that's okay. They will have more opportunities. Right. But And, and also appreciate the accomplishment, right? This is the furthest they've ever gotten yes. before in a major. And so, yes, let this serve as inspiration uh, and motivation. Yes to uh to cross the line like you said next time now I, there's a couple of things i want to to if 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 katie and coco listen to this podcast uh you know i want to just as an observer there's a couple of things i want to throw out to them mm-hmm. number one i would like to see both of them more effectively use the top spin lock Yes. You know, uh, I, I think there were, as I was watching the matches, there were so many times that I felt like, oh, if you lobbed here, you know, even if it's sometimes a lob isn't always meant to be a winner. Sometimes it's just meant to back you up. Yes, you know? exactly. To back and you so up. and I don't feel I think they're so used to just like driving the ball, driving the ball. You know, that that is a very, very uh, strategic uh, shot to use especially in doubles and Bryce didn't uh-huh. Coco use that shot on one of the last points of the match at, or at when the did end, point? It, yeah yeah and the funny thing was I was like about time <laughs> I mean exactly. would I like to it's see like, this early exactly but that but that showed exactly what that shot can do for them so right. hopefully you know they take that my other piece of feedback is more so for Coco. For someone who has the ground strokes that she does, she is missing a lot of opportunities of going up the line. Right. And, you know, I know a lot of times in doubles, you're like cross court, cross court, cross court. But going up the line is two things. Number one, a lot of people don't have that shot. They can't hit that shot. So that's why they don't do it. But that's not Coco's. Thing. Right, that's Coco not has her to shot. She's got that right. shot. Exactly. You can hit the shot. So the other thing is, even if you go for the shot and you don't always make it, it forces that net player to have to respect that down the line. You could see that uh, Stoser and Zhang, they've had no problems crowding the middle because they had no fear of them going down the line on them. Right, right. So... I get it. They're young. Um, they're supposed to have coaches, though. So I'm assuming, the co- <laughs> you know, you know, I'm putting I ain't putting this on Coco and Katie. Right. Right. I, maybe I shouldn't say they should be listening to if the coaches of Coco and Katie are listening to this podcast. <laughs> exactly. You're welcome. There you you're go. welcome. You're there welcome. you go. You, you just shot just shot us out. At the, you know, at the Australian Open, you know, ceremony, you know. There you go. Title. There you go. That, I'm, I'm right there with you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But anyway, <sighs> shout out to them. That was women's doubles, and, yes. and, and, and that was great. So yes. we got two events left here, Isaac. Yes, we boy. do, brother. I, so <laughs> let us start with women's singles. Yes. Isaac, take it away. So, I mean, Bryce, you and I did our mid-fortnight show, and we talked. Mm-hmm. And, and what was so, you know, it was so awesome that, you know, you put it out there. You were like, listen, 
if I wanted really anybody to win, it would have been Layla Fernandez. And the fact mm-hmm. that you put that out there and that she was able to make that final was incredible. It was mm-hmm. it was tremendous. Um, who was, of course, not on either of our radars <laughs> <laughs> was Emma Raducanu. And Emma Raducanu was like, listen, y'all, y'all may not know me, but I'm going to make sure <laughs> my name is in your mouth. By right. the, not mouth, mouth with the F. <laughs> I'm going to make sure my name's in your mouth by the end of this tournament. Bryce, the girl came through, did not lose a set, was like, y'all need to look at what I have just accomplished. I am a qualifier. I went through all of them. And, and, and guess what? I'm holding me a title. <laughs> Bryce, you have got to speak on Miss Emma Raducanu. Well, let me tell you what. It's a shame when you say your toughest match all tournament was in the second round of qualifying. <laughs> right? <laughs> That was your. That's where your struggle was. After that's you got past the second round of qualifying, it was a breeze. You, you like floated, you <laughs> right? You, you know, Shelby Rogers. You think you did something? Beat beat Nash Barney. Come take this whole risk in this breadstick. Come I mean, take it, right? I mean, Belinda uh, Bench's gold medal. We we not in Tokyo no more. <laughs> no, no. Sockery, we know you scared. <laughs> right? You can't keep your nerve for nothing. Give you this breadstick <laughs> and send you on your way. <laughs> and then Ooh. and then Layla Fernandez, girl, you know you gotta be tired. All the matches you done played. Right. <laughs> you, you, you did a lot. <laughs> right. So I mean, she just I mean, she just came through. It was hard for me to believe that this was the same woman. Right that had to walk off her match at Wimbledon because of an anxiety attack. Right, right, right. And was getting some, and was kind of low-key getting some shade over it. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and well, I guess she was like, okay, all right, haters. <laughs> I, got some, <laughs> I got some for you. I mean, she, now, before we continue to talk about her, because we got a few more things to say about her, Yes. We got to shout out what Layla Fernandez did because although, although Radakanu won the tournament and so she gets the ultimate shine. Yes. Honestly, to me, Layla's performance was more impressive from a who she beat standpoint. Absolutely. When you talk about, and let me just, let me just roll through the names again in case y'all forgot, you know, who they were. Uh Uh-huh. From the first round, if you don't know about Kanja, mm. she ain't no easy out. She ain't no easy out at all. No. She, I mean, so that was tough. You got to know about Kaya Kanepi. Exactly. Everybody is, knew about Kaya. Right. Who's known for just taking out people early, in, exactly. in, especially in majors. Mm-hmm. Right? Osaka. Yep. You know, you, you take out Osaka in three sets. You take out... Angelique Kerber right. and three sets. And give her a whole biscuit out the dough. Give her a whole biscuit out the dough. You take out Fitalina. Mm-hmm. Tough match. And three Tough sets. Tough match. Right. Right. You take out the number two player in the world, Sabalenka. Yes. And three sets. She took out three of the top five women in the world. Exactly. Crazy. It, 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 that cannot be understated, Bryce. It crazy. And all three sets. So no wonder that no wonder she was tired. I'd be tired too. Right. I'd be tired after one. Right. Exactly. Um, but Radikanu, her I mean, her path was impressive from the fact that she played ten matches. Right. Nobody has ever done this before. What she did, no one has ever done before. Ever. No one has ever come in as a qualifier and gone on to win that major and then just to put a little extra sauce on it she didn't even lose a set (laughs) that's what's just so ridiculous how you gonna play 10 matches and just not lose a set i mean that's unheard of bryce it's unheard of 
Right. I mean, and, and let's not forget, this was her fourth tournament that she had played on the professional level, on the tour level. Her fourth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's insane, bro. It's so insane. Where do you go from now, here? I mean, really? So, okay. Thank you. That's the segue. That's the segue. You know how we do in tennis. Yep. Yep. So just get ready, everybody, to just see Roddy Kanu everywhere. Uh-huh. She will be posted as the next future number one. Of course. She will be expected to win every time she steps on the court. Yep. And newsflash. That ain't gonna that happen. ain't gonna happen. No, she might get stole on in the first round of Indian Wells <laughs> quietly because again, you know, people get up for upsets, and this now she, yeah. now that she's a Grand Slam champion, anybody that plays her sees her as an upset, as newsworthy. They get up for that. Yep. So there ain't no hiding now. People gonna scope out her game. They are gonna see what she. You know, again, you may not have been able to check out any of her her weaknesses, but you better know future matches, players are going to find out. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, and and what I hope for her, since she had that history of dealing with anxiety, I hope she's got a good camp around her. Because let's be honest, by this point, don't we have enough examples of how not to do this? (laughs) <laughs> yes, I would say so. <laughs> I mean, really. So, I mean, she's she in the new ranking, she's now number 23 mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Fernandez is number 28. So props to them. Their days of having to go through qualifying. Pretty much done. Know, yep. Are, are over. So shout out to them for that. But th- like you said, now they have targets on their back. Right. And people going to be ready for them. And although they are very good players, they not like head and shoulders above. No, no. The rest of the tour. No. Um, and, you know, it may be, uh, you know, a rough period for them that they're getting ready to go through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they do. They call it sophomore slump for a reason. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because that's when people recognize you and, and, and prepare for you. And I think that, again, when you look at the U.S. Open and what happened, I, I would say less on Layla's side, more on Emma's side, is that you saw a lot of people that really didn't know her game well enough. Right. And they allowed the pressure of her being a teenager yep. to get to them. Yep. Right. And I'm going to tell you something else. Raducanu is going to have rougher than uh, Fernandez. Mm-hmm. So Fernandez has... Canada, you know, as who's behind her. Right. And, you know, they know to push their people with caution. Right. Right. Just saying. That's right. Just the truth. Just, just saying. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> we know the Brits just lose their damn minds over somebody winning something. And Exactly. You know, she, I, not, she's already on the cover of everything over there in England. Right. I saw an article earlier today that says she may end up becoming the first billion dollar player on the women's tour because wow. of endorsements. Wow. Yeah. That's surprising. Because yeah. both both girls are very attractive. Um, yep. they, they both will have that going for them. They both have very sweet looking very marketable. Very marketable. Exactly. Very very marketable. Very, very. We we're mm-hmm. not talking about Ash Barty here, right? They they are very <laughs> right. very marketable, and you don't think the WTA ain't going to try to expose that? Canada and um, and Britain yeah. aren't going to try to tap into that, and we're not even talking about you know one of them going to end up in Nike in a minute. Oh, of course, <laughs> you know <laughs> Nike about to you know pull their claws out. I just. You know, you're happy for them for their success, but you're very kind of wary about what this next step looks like for them. Right. And 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 in being honest with you, Bryce, I still look at long term. I, I still mm-hmm. see a Coco Golf being 
more established and having more yeah. or gaining more. You know what I mean? I think that her her star is a little bit brighter as it relates to possibilities around Grand Slams, you know, the whole bit. Yeah. But and, and that kind of goes to your point is I have a feeling they're going to blow these two ladies up. And they're going to end up going through like what we typically see. They'll go through a slump of, you know, they got all this money and, and, you know, then they seen as a target and they, they going to get stolen. And that's right. going to be, there's going to need to be an adjustment period. Right. Um, now, speaking of Coco, this could actually be beneficial for Coco because yep. now in terms of that whole teenager moniker, you know, they, you know, she's not the primary person people are talking about right now. Right. Um, and so maybe a little less light on her will allow her to get better. What's going to allow her to get better is they work on that forehand. But, yeah. you know, be, <laughs> right. beyond that forehand, you know, at least even if the, the spotlight is shared now yeah. a little bit, I think this potentially helps Coco Golf. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And I do think that you know, again, like you said, with the forehand, we're coming to the end of the season. I think that it's really tough making, you know, substantial gains in a shot that needs improvement when you're when you're going through the, the, the season. So I think that you will see, in my opinion, a, a remarkable change and uptick in her forehand when you see her in 2022. I really believe that. Yeah, I, I agree as well because it's it has become the the worst known secret on tour that that's where you play on Coco Golf. You know when when times get tough. Now, that's Isaac, right. I want to ask your opinion on this. So let's take away you know Emma and Layla being blown up, you know, with the media and all that kind of stuff, and we just look at them as players, mm-hmm. as tennis players. What's your prediction for their future? You know, like what, what, what's, where's their ceiling, you know, for the, these two players? You know, Bryce, it's a, it's a great question. And, and a lot of folks who are listening to this probably going to be like, you know, Isaac, you stupid. I don't agree with you, but I feel as though Emma has a bit of a higher ceiling than Layla. And the reason mm-hmm. I say that is because, and I actually, I, and I like Layla a lot, but I see Layla being very much like a Leighton Hewitt. Leighton jumped on the scene. Mm-hmm. He kind of dominated with his counterpunching style. But eventually, players got the, their, their, I guess, you know, their, their aggressive and or, you know, whatever you call, call the game style. They, they began to overwhelm Leighton and really be able to hit him off the court. And I see that mm-hmm. being, I mean, we've seen that as being the case with Layla. And I honestly see that still being the case going forward. I feel like Layla did a great job of, again, fighting through, utilizing, you know, again, you know, her strategy and, and utilizing the power of her, uh, her opponents to get her through. But again, having this result, I think, is going to lessen the anxiety that players feel when they when they face her and i feel like they are still going to be able to overwhelm her and push her Mm -hmm. off the court i really believe that whereas with emma i feel like she's a bit more um aggressive a bit more you know dictative and to me that's a little bit more of what you need when you're playing the professional game so i see her ceiling being a little bit higher but at the same time I kind of still see people learning her game, figuring out her weaknesses, and capitalizing on that. I, I'd love to hear your take on those two, Bryce. Yeah, at the end of the day, I still am going to hold to what I've always said about Layla, that I feel like she's about a cheeseburger away from where she needs to be to to regularly compete right. at that level. I think this was an outstanding two yes. weeks for her, but I... I very easily could see things going back to the way that they've been next week. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and, I, and I think Layla has, you know, she's 28 now. I think her ceiling is, I think she can probably maintain top 15 pretty well right. if she just plays, you know, very well. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of Emma, 
there is something about her game where it just appears to me like there's very little that she doesn't have any hitches. All her strokes seem very smooth. Her service motion is very natural. She looks like she kind of moves well and glides across the court. It kind of, and I don't want to use this comparison because this isn't what I mean, but you see, you you know when we look at Roger and we say it looks like his game is not very taxing on his body? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the way I feel about Emma. Gotcha. It looks like her game is not very taxing on her body, which speak, which is not the same as Layla. Layla looks like she's out there grinding it out. Right, right. right. Um, and so if she, if Emma can just continue to improve in terms of being consistent, maybe adding more power, more variety to her game, but it, that it still remains that very smooth type stroke. Yeah, I definitely could see her going forward being more of a top 10 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, versus top 15 top player. But they are both so early in their careers, it's really hard to make those kind of predictions, right? Because you just right. so many things can happen and go so many different directions and other players coming up. Robin Montgomery may come up and be like, I ain't studying either one of these chicks. <laughs> right. Come and get this lefty swing right here. You know? So you just never know, right? Right, right. But how exciting of a final was that for the women this year? Yeah, it was incredible, man. I mean, I think that, you know, again, team spirit was all in effect. And I think the crowd was into it. I just, you know, you look at the comments on, you know, social media, and I really feel like everybody really, really enjoyed and engaged in that final. So I, I thought it was awesome. Yeah. So congratulations to both yes. ladies. Um, you know, job very well done. Yes. And uh, so shall we do it, Isaac? Let's go on and do it, friend. Because why? Because <laughs> we predicted it. <laughs> Y'all better start listening to us. I'm trying to tell you, you might want to help yourself and just listen to Brothers on <laughs> Yes. What we said happened the way we said it was going to happen. We were going to have one versus two. Djokovic versus Medvedev. And the thing that was very surprising to me, I shouldn't say surprising because I understand it. You know, a lot of people, like if Djokovic wasn't going to get it done, Mm -hmm. you heard people really talking about Zerv was the one who was going to, who had the best chance of stopping him. And I just... Well, Bryce, remember, that was, that was my initial prediction. Remember that. Because when when we did our initial uh, uh, prediction show, I, I, that was actually who I thought was going to get it done was Zverev. uh, And then I thought Zverev was going to lose to Medvedev. You were actually the one that called it 100% correct. Because you said that Djokovic would get past Zverev but he would not get past Medvedev. So that that's that's all on you, sir. You actually own the correct prediction. <laughs> well, and I'm and let me just explain the reason why I thought Djokovic was going to get past Zerv. It's two mm-hmm. reasons. The first reason is on Zerv's side. We have seen for years now with Zerv that he can beat any one of them guys on a tour. He can beat all the big three. He can beat all of them. Yep. Almost on any yep. surface. Maybe not so much grass, but on all the rest of the surfaces, right. he can beat them. The problem with Zavera the whole time has been his inconsistency. Right. So for me, the fact that he had won the gold medal and had won Cincinnati, look, he was done. <laughs> he, 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 for his big wins, he was done. And then to remind everyone, Zverev is oh now he's o and eleven against top ten players and majors. Yeah, yeah. He just he just has never shown that he could get it done. So that was one reason I was kind of feeling like hmm, he may have already shot his shot. Right, mm-hmm, right. The other side was Djokovic. Right. Look, if Djokovic didn't win but one match at the U.S. Open, <laughs> he was going to beat Zverev because Zverev was the one who ended his golden slam. That's true. 
And he was not about to lose twice to him. And now, you know, I shout out to Sasha for making it a five set match. Cause I was like, wow, I'm really surprised. So he's really putting in work, mm-hmm. right? He, he actually mm-hmm. played pretty well. Right? I thought he played very well. Absolutely. But Djokovic and I fifth set was like, no, friends. We like, are not, not in Tokyo. <laughs> exactly. We're not. We're not. Sorry. And this is best of five. Right. It, 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 it's not going to happen. No. So, no. Um, so, but a lot of the commentators yep. were like thinking Zverev was the one if this thing was gonna, going to end. For me, I always felt it was going to be Medvedev. And I felt that for several reasons. Number one, he had the experience of really being on the edge of winning that year against Nadal. Correct. Five sets at the U.S. Open. So being in the finals of the U.S. Open was not new for him, and he almost did it the last time. Right. Number two, the loss he took to Novak in the finals of the Australian Open. There was nothing but lessons to be learned Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. from, from that one. Number three, the Olympics. <laughs> Medvedev was the only guy from his Olympic squad that did not medal. Correct. Hatchinoff got the silver in singles. Rublev got the gold and mixed doubles. Yep. Karatsev got the silver in mixed doubles. Yep. He was, Medvedev was the only one who didn't medal. The only way he was going to redeem himself from that was to win a major. Mm-hmm. We're going to shut this ish down real quick. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you could have your once every four-year medals. Yep. I got me a major here. Exactly. And then the final thing, to me, and I don't, I don't, I don't know all these people like that, so I, I probably shouldn't step out like this. <laughs> but in addition to Medvedev's play, he has always impressed me as one of the smartest guys out there oh yeah of the young guys for sure yeah he not gonna go out there and just you know time after time again and just get thumped <laughs> the same you know? way right no right. matter of fact Medvedev is known for changing up tactics within a match right to win correct so looking so with all of those things going on with Medvedev and then I look over at Djokovic and remember number one his confidence is a little rattled from what happened to him at the Olympics. Yes. Number two, he had come into the finals. He had lost six sets mm-hmm. coming into the finals, mm-hmm. right? I don't know when the last time he lost that many sets leading into a major final. Right. The third thing was we always call Novak clutch. But this was a type of pressure he had never had on him before. He was one match away from winning a Grand Slam. Right. One, one of the most coveted things you can do in professional tennis. One of the rarest things you can do in professional tennis. As a matter of fact, one of the few things that's rarer is a Golden Slam and what Radicanu did. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yep. And so I just felt I just felt, I just felt, I just felt that this was Medvedev's year. And one of my buddies told me when Medvedev was up two sets to love, he said, okay, watch out. Djokovic came back on Paz When he was up two sets, I was like, don't you even fix your mouth to say <laughs> that Medvedev and, and uh, Paz are anything alike. Well, and, and let me go on ahead and throw this out there as well. And this is why... Medvedev needs to include Zverev on his Christmas list every single year (laughs) going forward. Because I agree with what you're saying. I think that Medvedev would have taken this title regardless. But I absolutely believe it would have gone four, if not five, had he not played against Zverev in the semis. Zverev emotionally took a lot out of Djokovic. Mm-hmm. Those five sets yep. or six sets that you talked about, two of those came from Zverev the match before. He was he was mentally mm-hmm. t- he he had to expend a lot of energy and mental fortitude to get through that match with Zverev because Zverev actually like we te- we talked about, 
he played a really, really good match. And it wasn't until the fifth that he really, in my opinion, kind of tightened up. And that's where Djokovic showed his, him being clutch and was like, not today, son. Right. I'm, about to, I'm about to get past the <laughs> semifinal. Not today. But getting right. to the final, that energy, that when you combine like what you said, what he was trying to accomplish, as well as you've got, you know, your energy supply is not at its peak. And you're going against someone like Medvedev who really don't care who you are and is looking to get revenge <laughs> right. on you from the Australian Open. I mean, for I mean, and, yeah. and like you said, one of the smartest uh, players of the new generation. I absolutely agree with that statement, Bryce. He by far is the smartest player of any of those guys out there. And so when you're coming right. against that, to me, it would have been Herculean for Djokovic to be able to yeah. win that particular final. And it showed. It showed. Very, I mean, Medvedev just was like, nah, bruh. <laughs> bruh, it's not your day-to-day because I'm coming with it. Because didn't Medvedev break him in, like, the first uh-huh, game? Yeah. And, and then and he, he was basically in the lead statement. for the rest of the day. Statement. He made a statement. He was like, listen, bitch, I'm going to you. We, <laughs> we we done done this dance. I know what's coming. I got you. Yep. And 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 bruh. like some of the commentators said, he beat Djokovic at his own game. He did. Yes. Yes. Exactly. I mean, he just he played Djokovic tennis better than Djokovic on the day because again, there were so many things you like you you pointed it out, bro, Bryce. Those pressures were just. Oh, the overwhelming, overwhelming, and and I think it finally it came to its head during during that match. Well, you know what? I I, I don't think it's a it's it's a big secret uh, that you know I'm not the biggest Djokovic fan in the world. Um, but one of the things I've always said about him, and I have to reiterate it uh, even here. He has always been just, I, I feel, just the most gracious loser. Yes, I agree. And, I, you know, I think it was very genuine, his sentiments to Medvedev there at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and he even today on Twitter, he sent out uh, a congratulatory message out to both Emma and Medvedev. Wow. And, uh, and so, you know, for a, as crazy as Djokovic can be at times, Mm-hmm. Um, that's something he he's very good at. Oh, let's make sure we touch on that too, because he did go crazy a couple times during oh, the match. Oh yeah, you saw that racket smash. Woo. Well, and not only the racket smash, you saw the time where he like reared back like he was going to hit that ball, and that right. ball kid, and the ball was, kid was, was in the way. Uh huh. <laughs> look, he look that ball kid was about to catch it, <laughs> and I tell you what. It was about to be a real short final right there be because real short. he was going to get defaulted again. Yeah. So it just shows, I mean, he, you know, that's just something he has, you know, he's got a problem controlling. He, you know? Exactly. It's, it's him. He's just reactionary. He's admitted that. And, you know, and, and, and like I said, it, it just, if he wouldn't, if he just wouldn't say a lot of the dumb things that he said, I can get over that type of stuff. I can get past that type of stuff. But it's just some of the dumb stuff he says. Mm-hmm. It just that's that's what unfortunately drives me to not be able to to really support him. But what I will say is this, Bryce, and and I have to say that that you know I actually and, and you know I, I'm like you, not 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 really a fan, um, but I respect what he does on court and 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 again, very gracious loser. But I'm gonna tell you what that moment that he basically towards the end. And when you saw him basically break down and he was crying into his towel, it, 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 I felt it a little bit. I, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I, 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 you know, I, 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 my heart fluttered a little bit for him because it was like, okay, you, we all know, and we talk about this, Djokovic wants to be loved. He wants to be appreciated and he wants to feel all the good feels that Roger and Rafa always get. And I honestly feel like he actually got that in that final. I feel like the New York crowd was genuinely rooting for him, supporting him the way that he actually 
wants to be supported and regarded. And I think that got to him and overwhelmed him because he was, I mean, he was crying like convulsion, you know, type of crying. And that that was real. That was real. Yeah. When I saw that, you know, the thought that went through my mind was, man, you got him. Come back and (laughs) break him again. Yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Get him. And and, and of course, then Medvedev subsequently choked. And then, because I know, I was like, yeah, he really should have had him giving him a whole biscuit in that third set. You know, I wanted that. I wanted the whole biscuit so I could talk about it. (laughs) But I was, but but I will tell you this when he got broken there, I was like, yeah, Medvedev will not get broken the next time around. No, no, not at 5-4. I, I did not think that Djokovic had a chance to come back. Even if he were to sneak out that third set, it was it, he was not going to win that match. Because, again, when you're talking about your energy supply has just been depleted the way that it had been, that he, just, he, was, he was running on fumes uh-huh. at that point, just emotional fumes. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I wasn't too worried about right. him get, coming back. <laughs> so, shout out to Medvedev. I mean, Medvedev yeah. is now the first one of the next gen to win yep. a major going through the big three. And, Correct. you know, he, he, he went through the number one guy and in, in the finals did. on the surface that he is considered most dominant. Yeah. Yes. You Correct. Know? Correct. Uh, well, even though, they, yeah, the Australian, you I was know, about to say, I think he's more suited to the Australian than the U S open, but still it's a hard court. So you still would have, right. he, he would have won. Exactly. Right. But you know, they were one, two, I think in every aspect, they were one, two in the rankings. I think they're one, two in terms of hardcore player. I can't remember. It seemed like earlier we were talking to somebody, I can't remember who it was. And they were like, yeah, you know, I think it was about FAA and I was like, don't you understand? Like, this is a hardcore and (laughs) Medvedev is like, you know, maybe the best hardcore player out there. I mean, he and Djokovic are kind of like, what and what? I mean, so yeah, no, I'm joking. You know, Medvedev all day long uh, (laughs) in, in that scenario. Now, of course, you know, we can't talk about any of this without having our Serena, Serena Williams stat. Yes. Uh of 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 the of the uh US Open. So they listed the players that have the most match wins at the US Open. Okay. Serena is number one with 106. Mm-hmm. Number two is Chris Everett with 101. Jimmy Connors at third with 98. Mm-hmm. Navratilova, fourth with 89. Oh, well, actually, she's tied with Roger at 89. Okay. Djokovic is next at 81. Venus at 79. Oh, well, Venus and Agassi are tied at 79. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, once again, highlighting what Serena has done, you know. <laughs> right. Which is so, so ridiculous. Um, right. Yeah. And then there was a poll I saw online today, and I didn't snap. I should have screenshotted it so I could have the actual numbers, but I just was very interested in the the, the um, overall results. They were mm-hmm. asking, who is your personal GOAT, mm. right? And the, the options was between, you know, the big three, right? Right. And I don't, whoever has this, forgive me if I mix up the numbers, but you you know I'm close to what the numbers were. Roger was like somewhere like forty three percent, okay, or something. Yep. And I think Rafa was like thirty seven, thirty six percent, and then Djokovic was like twelve or thirteen. Twelve. Oh wow. Okay. Right. So he was still, you know. Now, granted, this this is you know they said who's your personal goat. So this is you know people's preference right. for their thinking. Right. Um. There was still that gap there. And and when I saw that, it made me wonder if Djokovic had won yesterday mm-hmm. and had actually gotten the Grand Slam, would that have changed those numbers for mm-hmm. people? Because I think right now, with him not winning, it's not that he just didn't win the Grand Slam. It's that he also stayed at 20, which is he's technically tied with Rafa and Roger still. 
Right, right. So it, it gives people still that space to have that argument of, well, if we're starting with most number of majors, they're all tied. Now I can I can choose the reasons why I support who I support out of the big three. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. I think some people may have changed their answer, but I don't, honestly, to be honest with you, Bryce, I don't think it would have been a, a large percentage, though. Because I mean, you, you and I have right. talked about this. Even if it, even if Novak had won, you know, yesterday and completed the calendar slam, I, I've said this uh-huh. on s- several of our podcasts. He's he's still not my goat. Roger is my goat simply because there are so many other aspects that I feel come into play when you're talking about the greatest of all time for a sport. I feel like it goes outside of the lines, and what Roger has done for tennis. It, right. it far outweighs, in my eyes, what both Nadal and Djokovic have, have done and or contributed. So for me, and again, for that particular poll, if it's me, I'm always going to say Roger. And I feel like a lot of people who are in the Roger and or Rafa camp will say their particular goat, you know, right. based on that. Right. Well, and there was another uh, Twitter uh, thing I saw where they were a guy had written, he said, Djokovic was the best, Nadal was the the most dominant, and Roger was the greatest. And the mm. his explanation for each was uh, Djokovic was the best because of the statistics. Right. Right? Yep. They had Rafa as the most dominant because what he has done on clay mm-hmm. is just and just insane. and just point for point. I mean, like even Darren Cahill said, if my life was depending on it, who would I have playing that last point, it would be Rafa. And I agree with Rafa. that hundred percent. Right. So he had him for most uh, dominant. And then the reason he had Roger as the greatest is he said, you know, Novak is a great player, right? But he is just basically like, I forgot how he, he described him, but he was like, he's a counter puncher with offense or whatever. He said, Roger is like an artist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the court, he said, "Roger hits shots that you just don't see anybody else hit." Right. He he's like watching, you know, someone in art in performance on uh, on the court, and right. he said, "You don't see that with the other guys," mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was just very interesting the way that person had you know broken it down, and it just once again takes me back to what I always say. I think we should acknowledge this era as the era of the big three of the big three. Because, exactly. Because it's, you know, it's really what they've done collectively on this tour. That is just what probably won't ever be seen again uh, during the same agree. time. So one more thing before we wrap this up, because, you know, I, you know, although Serena wasn't there, we need to keep Serena's name out there. Oh yeah. Do you know that Serena Williams is the, only player in history to have a career golden slam in singles and doubles. Ooh, nice step, Bryce. Yeah, because Andre Agassi has it in singles. Yep. Steffi Graf has it in singles. Yep. Do, do the Bryans have it in doubles? Ooh. Did they get a You gold? know what? They might. I think that, yeah, I believe they have a gold medal. Okay, pretty so, sure they do. All right, so they may have it in doubles. Nobody but Serena has it mm-hmm. in singles and doubles. Amazing. And with that, I dropped the mic. Yep. So, Isaac, <laughs> any final words you have about the 2021 U.S. Open? Oh, man, it was such a great tournament. I honestly hate that it's over. Um, it's It was, yeah, I have to say it was a little bit, you know, I was a little sad when that last match came to an end. But um, it was just awesome, Bryce. And uh, it was great talking the tennis with you, with our listeners. It, it, it was, it's, it's just been a joy, man. How about you? Any wrap-up thoughts? Just once again, a shout out to our family there on Clubhouse that got up every morning with us and did the daily recap. I'm telling y'all, if y'all are not participating in that, I mean, catch us again for the Australian Open. That's where the party's at. That's where the party's Uh, at. So, 
Yeah, definitely join us on Clubhouse for our daily recaps during the majors. But yeah, like I said, this tournament may have been, this U.S. Open may have been the most exciting U.S. Open I can remember ever watching. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so you all keep listening. We will be, we got Labor Cup coming up. We have Indian Wells still, still coming up. So the year is definitely not over. And uh, stick with Brothers on Tennis. We'll bring all of it to you. So on behalf of the podcast, this is your boy, Bryce. And this is your boy, Isaac. And we are Brothers on Tennis. Everyone, take care. Thank you.